Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. On today's show, it's Fly by the Seat of Our Pants Friday. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Coming up next on Locked On Yankees. You are Locked On Yankees. Your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone. It's Stacey Gotsoulias joined by Abby Mastracco. Welcome to Locked On Yankees. It's the Friday show. And as I joked about in the opening or the cold open, very we're flying. Cold. Yeah, yeah. Actually, <laughs> literally. Very cold. Yeah. We're flying by the seat of our pants today because there's stuff going on, but not a lot there's of stuff going on. Baseball you know. fans, I have failed you this week. I have been so deep into reporting these like four major hockey stories. They're like they're four long stories too. Like my Ovechkin story next week's gonna be like three thousand words. Uh, so I've had to do so many interviews and transcribe, and like I'm barely even. I've watched a few games this week. Like I have the Kings game on because Drew Doughty is playing in his thousandth game. And I've covered Drew Doughty for a little bit in LA, but like this is the time of year where I baseball to me is like, it's on my radar, but it's like such a small part of my radar. And I've been doing this for years. Look, I've been covering hockey and baseball since 2012. And uh, even back then, I was covering college football, too. So, like, I had to pay attention to a lot. There will come a time where my attention shifts 50-50. <laughs> That's usually around the start of spring training. And then there's, like, kind of a lull, you know, and I can I can get deep into the hockey uh, trade deadline. And then I can go uh, opening day, my attention swings back to baseball. There will come a time where my attention is 50-50 hockey baseball Unfortunately, this is not that week. <laughs> and like there's just not a lot going on yeah. anyway. Yeah. So I'm so sorry, baseball fans. I have failed you. And there may be some like incoherent ramblings from me today. And I am going to apologize in advance. I should probably do that every day when I do a show because I'm always incoherently babbling. Um before what? we get into that we- though, let's Okay, yes. <laughs> You can listen to us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher. You can watch us on YouTube. Please subscribe. The closer we get to 1,000, the better it is. And if you have a smart device, tell it to play Locked on Yankees. Our smart device has been going off all day because every time there's some sort of weather alert, it doesn't even say anything. It just makes a noise. And that's how we know that there's a new updated something happening in the weather. And if you're in New York, you know that there's a possibility (laughs) we were joking about this before we started recording the range for snow (laughs) was two to 20 inches which which means it's either going to be a minor inconvenience for you or things are going to be shut down for three days they don't know no one knows (laughs) no who's to say who is to say i mean i i would love to be a meteorologist really i mean that must be a Oh, it's as good a job as being a major league umpire. <laughs> the, because you uh, need to be just as wrong. <laughs> the major league strike zone. 
a, a fair catch in football, um, a goal, a goalie interference mm. in hockey, and the weather. They are just theoretical constructs. Yes. We all get to interpret it for to our own liking. Yeah. One thing I did want to discuss, we do have s- some stuff. The Hall of Fame stuff. I had to babble about this by myself the other day, and I didn't do a very good job because I... My, my mind was all over the place, and, and I was trying to um, not be a jerk about things, which is hard for me if you know me personally. But anyway. Um, it's easy for me. I'm so, like, conflict-diverse. <laughs> I'm so conflict-diverse. Like, there'll be times in scrums where, like, of course, if there's an owner who's, like, he's just sort of – if there's a very controversial move that is made – and an owner or a GM is just sort of like downplaying it and saying like, well, I said, you know, I said to fire him or I, he just wasn't getting the job done. That's my favorite line. He just mm. wasn't getting the job. I'm not afraid to press and say, in what ways was he not getting the job done? Why did you trade the, your, your best player? Why did you fire your GM out of nowhere? Why wasn't he getting the job done? What led to that? Mm-hmm. And they'll push back on me and they'll be like, because I said so, because, <laughs> you know, owners tend to just some of them stay out of the spotlight and they're only there when they're the bad guy. And some of them really enjoy being the bad guy. And some of them just really want you to like take what they say at face value. But like me as a reporter, it's my job to press. Mm -hmm. So I'm not afraid to press in like in that situation, but otherwise like I'm so conflict diverse. Like sometimes there's reporters that don't like each other and they start to like yell at each other on deadline. And I'm just like, hi guys, let's all be friends. (laughs) I'm so conflict diverse. Like that must be an interesting dynamic though, to be witness to reporters having that sort of a thing. Well, there's lots of media feuds. It's kind of fun. There's all and there. I mean, at the end of the day, most of us are friends because we, we spend so much time. Do we spend like late nights together, flight delays together? uh, But there's always some that just don't get along. The best is when they're like at the same paper too. And they're actually like beat partners or like, it's like a columnist and like a reporter who just absolutely don't like it, but they have to pretend like they do. Inevitably there's like a fight during a playoff series or something. It's, it's very entertaining um, to the, to the rest of us involved. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one that's entertained by that, but you know, people who have, people have some very strong reactions right now to some of the hall of fame stuff. And I'm just sitting here like, well, I see both arguments. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Both arguments. Yeah, I do too. It's, um, I was trying to explain that the other day because I do see both arguments. Um, I just find it, as I said, before we started recording, I was saying to Abby that I found it interesting that some writers that I didn't expect to be upset, I think they were more upset about Bonds and Clemens not making it than they were about Ortiz making it, but they still kind of made it a point to show the differences between Clemens and Bonds where they're more like here. And not that Ortiz is a bad player. He's not, obviously. It's one of the best DHs of all time, if not the best. Yeah, but there's a lot of people who make the argument that a DH is sort of a lesser position. Well, it took Um, Edgar Martinez how long? (laughs) You know, it's a very important position, though, because it's... it's, In the A, look, we're all going to have... Both leagues are going to have a DH soon. Mm -hmm. Um, It's usually your best hitter. Or, well... Ideally, Unless you're the Yankees and you need to rest people and you put them in as DH. Ideally, it's your best hitter. Ideally. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, there are there are some teams that just, it's 
it's a positionless guy or it's a guy who's a liability on defense and he's a good hitter, but maybe not your best hitter. Ortiz was the best hitter in the lineup on most days. He was the most feared hitter in the lineup on most days. But I, I again, I see, I see all of the arguments here. Yeah. And I, I was talking to an agent who said, when you make it to the Hall of Fame as somebody who failed a drug test or like the Bonds, Clemens, and even Ortiz because he was named in the Mitchell report, right? Mm-hmm. It cheats the people who made it there legitimately. Now, the other people, uh, people are starting to warm to like taking the morality out of it. This is an entertainment value, an entertainment thing at the end of the day. And what Bonds, Clemens accomplished was historic. And that should be honored as well. Mm-hmm. Or that should be, you know, accounted for. Um, put them in the Hall of Fame in, I don't know, like, you know, the asterisk section or whatever. Right. I always joked about that. There should be a steroid room. Not a room, but like a steroid, like, it's an era. It happened. And Bud Selig is in the Hall of Fame, and he turned a blind eye to that stuff until, you know, suddenly it was important for him to do something about it. But he knew. Come on. Everyone knew. The other thing is that... Look, it was McGuire and Sosa that sort of brought baseball back from the dead after the labor stoppage. Mm-hmm. Baseball really suffered, and that brought that home run chase brought a lot of excitement and a lot of fans back to the game, and also created new fans. And you've heard me say this on this podcast a million times: every sport continually needs to find new fans, despite the fact that baseball and hockey, the two sports I cover shoot themselves in the foot all the time when it comes to that and say, no, our game is perfect. It doesn't need changing. And if you haven't been a fan since the beginning, we don't want you. Well, the fans since the beginning are going to die at some point. So (laughs) we need new ones constantly. The marketability thing. The Sosa McGuire chase brought so many new fans to the sport and helped bring back the fans that were mad at baseball. And the same can be said for Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. I, growing up in Northern California, I I saw people who were sort of like meh on baseball all of a sudden were in 2002, especially when the Giants went to the World Series, they were into it. Bonds was their guy. They didn't care that he was an asshole. They, you know, it was either you were the team Bonds or team Kent. Yeah. I saw this all, all through high school. That was my sophomore year of high school. Middle school, I remember it a lot too. It was like... Barry Bonds helped revitalize baseball in Northern California. He really did. He did. The Moneyball the money A's were great, but they didn't have the same reach as the Giants. It was all eyes were on Bonds all the time. Yeah. And I'm sure that's how it was whenever Roger Clemens pitched every five days out here. There were a lot of teenagers who made that appointment viewing and they become baseball fans, lifelong baseball fans as a result. So there's something to be said for both sides of the argument. I, and I hate that I like, I don't know. I Sometimes I just, this is why I'm not a columnist. This is why I'm a reporter. I do have to like, you know, editorialize sometimes, but like I'm much better at doing that with hockey because sometimes hockey makes me so mad as like, let's just evolve. Come on, let's just evolve already. And I, yeah. I you know the same, the same, it makes, baseball makes me angry in the same way, but mm-hmm. like, I'm out there talking to players, agents, executives, and I I hear all of these arguments and I I think, okay, well, yeah, you're making a good point and you're making a good point too. And I have yet to find one that I'm just like, I'm fully on team, no morality. I'm fully on team, 
asterisk, I'm fully on team, don't let the steroid era guys in. I don't know. But it was an era in baseball that we we shouldn't just, we can't just say it didn't happen. Yeah. We can't just say it didn't happen because it did. Right. There there are records that are still in place from that era. Mm Mm-hmm. The Mitchell report was a thing. Like you can't, you can't just you know expunge that from the record. Like, what are we doing if we're just trying to say like, oh yeah, baseball, baseball just skipped a whole, whole like what decade? Mm-hmm. Like those games, even more that. than that. Yeah, you know, like it happened. We have to acknowledge that it happened. So maybe that's the maybe that's the idea is create an entire steroid sort of steroid era display or maybe not wing i don't know but like a whole steroid era sort of yeah display i guess that's the right word in the hall of fame and put bonds clemens in that anybody who's named in the mitchell report or you know uh, who anybody associated with that era that we can the biogenesis guys too oh man yeah there's a lot about that Mm -hmm. nelson cruz was a biogenesis guy wasn't he yeah you know, maybe these guys would have been better off if they ate some Built Bars. <laughs> they build you up. <laughs> because built, built Bars, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, it's even better than a candy bar. And it makes you stick to your New Year's resolutions because we're still talking about those, even though we're almost in February. You want to eat healthy, but it gets boring. And by week three, well, we're now in week four, you might be thinking it's just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bar is covered in 100% chocolate. They're only 130 calories. They have four grams of sugar, which compared to a candy bar that has 240 calories and 30 grams of sugar, the choice is easy. And there are so many flavors to choose from. My favorite, obviously, mint brownie, but peanut butter brownie is also good. And I'm going to mention that. And salted caramel. I'm a very chocolatey person. I'm not into the fruity ones. Sully likes raspberry. And so does Jason Burke of Locked On A's. We discuss Built Bars in our group DMs, people. We're, we're totally into them. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. And when you go to Built.com, you can check out their new flavors, their limited time flavors, and they have second chance flavors that come out. And it's all different deals weekly. So again, go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off at Built.com. Thanks again for making Locked on Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Now, we were talking about this also. Next year... There's going to be a fun conundrum for Hall of Fame voters when Carlos Beltran Beltran. is eligible. (laughs) This might be the first time that uh, someone involved in the Houston sign-stealing thing might actually see something substantial happen. And yes, I know that a couple of people were suspended, but they were welcomed back with open arms. Cora's butt was kissed all season last year, almost as if nothing happened. So this is going to be interesting. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm curious to see the writers who are so anti-Bonds Clemens. Mm-hmm. Are they also going to say Carlos Beltran does not have a place in the Hall of Fame? Mm-hmm. Are they going to vote along those same lines? Now, we've also seen a lot of people recently change their minds. And that's okay, too. Sure. Honestly, you can, as long as you're able to, because these these ballots are public, or at least they should be. Um, I'm a big fan of making ballots public. 
when you're as a writer who does vote on awards, um, I have voted voted for Cy Young Rookie of the Year. I vote in the NHL awards every year. The ballots are public, or they should be made public, um, for some accountability. Sure. And I have seen writers tweet their ballots and say, you know what, I was not going to ever vote in Bonds or Clemens. Here's why I have changed my mind. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to get their point of view, why they changed their mind. Um, and I think it's okay to sort of learn, grow, all yeah. the cliche things that we talk about in from 2020 to 2022. <laughs> yeah. And your thinking evolves and you look at it a different way than you maybe you looked at it a few years ago. But I just want to know, I'm curious as to the people who change their minds about Bonds Clemens, how are they going to approach this with Carlos Beltran? Are they going to take the same hard line that they took for a couple of years with the other two? I I mean, is it equivalent? Can we say that it's a, I don't know. Can we, it is, we can't really compare it to the Pete Rose thing either. People do say that steroids is cheating. Like they, they, it, 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 it is. Yeah, I guess it is. It's, an unfair playing field. Sure. Um, but you still have know. to hit. You know? Like, you can't just take steroids and yeah. think you're going to hit. Because no. I always I bring this up all the time. Jeremy Giambi, Jason Giambi. They both did it. <laughs> one know, hit a lot better than the other one. <laughs> here's the thing, though. Uh, Jason Giambi, the more successful Giambi, he went to Long Beach State. Mm. Jeremy went to Cal State Fullerton. <laughs> there's there's your answer yeah there's um you know i don't know if oh, this is interesting it's interesting this whole beltron thing because of the whole sign stealing thing and you know the fact that he hasn't been welcomed back to baseball yet there was some uh there was a report that they were thinking about maybe bringing him to the booth for yes yeah that came out last week that would be interesting. I really wish I don't have anything against Carlos Beltran. You know, the the cheating thing is annoying, obviously. And um, but I feel like Cora got a second chance. Hinch got a second chance. The players, nothing really happened to them. And I think he deserves a second chance. And I kind of wanted the Yankees to hire him to be part of the coaching staff. They didn't do that. Maybe they will sometime down the line when things kind of. Well, I are, think the. The, the problem is, is that, okay, yeah, Cora got a set. The ringleaders were Cora and Beltron, according mm-hmm. to the, you know, investigation. Yeah. Those were the two ringleaders. Um, but who benefited from it? Because Cora wasn't playing. Beltron was playing. Right. True. Uh, that's, the, that's sort of the crux of it. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, AJ Hinch apparently did not approve of it, but he he destroyed some cameras. But he's again, he wasn't playing. Yeah, he was managing, and he did what he did. Um, I guess that's a sort of like a tacit way of you know showing your disapproval for it. Um, but the person who really benefited was Carlos Beltran. Hmm. So. I could see, I still don't understand why everyone just sort of like forgot about Alex Cora and just, he went back to Boston like nothing ever happened, but 
And and the my favorite thing this season, anytime it was a national game, it was like, you know, usually like Yankees, Red Sox. And yeah, you know, Cora was, you know, out for last year. Never mentioned why he was out for last year. <laughs> he wasn't on vacation, Joe Buck. Why no. don't you just say why he wasn't no. there? I... <laughs> well, that drove me crazy. It drove me crazy. The whole season. Because diehard fans don't like diehard fans will forgive that kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Like when it's your guy, right. I fans up in Boston are like, "Yeah, he cheated, but he's our cheater now." <laughs> like, oh, you know, maybe not want, maybe not saying like, "Can he help us?" But. um you know, don't think that Carlos Beltran didn't come up with something to try and help the Yankees cheat. And don't think that Alex Cora didn't try and come up with something to help the Red Sox cheat in 2018. Because Sully says it all the time. <laughs> he's a big Red Sox fan. And he's like, I know my team cheated in 2018. He's like, they're just as bad as the Astros. I know they did. He's I'm like, they're were... <laughs> This championship still made him happy. Yeah, yeah. But he's like, he's like, I can't look at it the same now. He's like, but I know. <laughs> I'm not stupid. <laughs> he's like, what do you think? Cora just suddenly decided to cheat in Houston? He's like, something else was happening in Boston. So, yeah, it's just funny. Hold on, I gotta... If you're watching on YouTube, I'm sitting on a bed, and my leg was in a very strange position, and I have and bad I've knees. Been, and... And, uh, and I've been... I've had a small glass of wine because it's the end of a long day long week and it's not even over because tomorrow well friday by the time you hear this Mm -hmm. uh tomorrow in new york is henrik lundquist day his number 30 is getting retired at the garden so i I have i was writing on him this week um so tomorrow check that out on bleacher report and And we can we can talk about that because you know a lot of yankee fans are ranger fans you know yeah exactly so allegiance um, thing. <laughs> I'll be at the garden tomorrow and these jersey retirement ceremonies I've done a few of them one time when I was in LA um I did Timmy Solani's jersey retirement and then a few days later the Kings and Ducks played each other and Rob Blake's jersey was retired and it was very interesting seeing how like the Kings and the Ducks were trying to like compete with each other to like one-up each other with these jersey retirements <laughs> That's funny. Um, so there's nobody to one up this time. And Henrik Lundqvist is in a category of his own. He's what the six. I just wrote, I literally just wrote these stats today. Sixth most wins in the NHL. Wow. The most wins in Rangers history, the most wins for a European born goalie in NHL history. And he's also just so respected. I'm just like, kidding. He's so respected for being such a good teammate. And, you know, you really can't succeed in the NHL without a good goalie. You, you absolutely cannot it's like it's so crucial yeah. to have a goalie and to have a generational goalie like that like man new york fans you guys have been spoiled with success of the yankees in the in the 90s and even <laughs> before that and henrik lundquist you guys have been spoiled man i'm from northern california my dad's calling me every day to complain about the sacramento kings dysfunction <laughs> you know at least he's got He's got the Giants. And as you know, guys who listen to the podcast, you might have listened to my dad. He still roots for the Yankees a little bit, the upstate New Yorker in him. But uh, Lundquist, uh, this should be a good ceremony tomorrow. He is just, uh, he, he was a really interesting case study in goalies, too. The way he played, he was like so upright. He played so deep in his crease. He was, he was the king. What can I yeah. say? He was the king. 
Now, speaking of hockey, if you want to bet on hockey, Bet Online <laughs> would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year. There's a new updated desktop and mobile, div- nope, mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome to. Uh, bonus on your first deposit. It's Friday. It's Friday. Just use our promo code locked on to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Now, more baseball. <laughs> more baseball. There it's was a third... talking a lockout too, you know. Yeah. Like... There was a third thing though. What was the third thing that I was going to talk about? Damn. Normally this time of year, you like we're res- gearing up getting for spring some training. transactions. Yeah, we're gearing up for spring training. Yeah, I'd be like packing for spring training at this point. I usually show up around yeah beginning of February. Like mm-hmm. oh, I think like the first weekend of February. I don't like to get there too soon because you're there for a long time <laughs> at least yeah. as a beat writer um yeah. as a you know feature writer it's a little bit different well, let's I... talk about that what's your experience like as a baseball writer like as if someone who's actually or as a feature writer because um like a beat what's it like things. being a beat writer and having to really <laughs> follow the team and well, it's easy to get bogged down in the minutia and sometimes you lose the storytelling aspect of it. Mm. And the storytelling is what I'm the best at because like, sure, I can get into some analytics here and there and but I, or some scouting, I tend to think of um, analytics as a tool in the toolbox to um, sh- illustrate, help illustrate why somebody is so impactful. Uh, and scouting is the same thing. I would say that there's a greater emphasis on scouting than on analytics, but both, you know, there is no analytics without scouting, really. So um, you can, sometimes you you write 300 words on um, Aaron Judge rehabbing from an injury, and it's not that interesting, but it is something that fans want to know. Right. And then there's times where you're you're literally spring training games. You are especially like simulated games. You're literally counting the pitches that these pitchers throw on your own because they're you know they're not there's no scorekeeper. It's a simulated game. So like, and I'm not good at math, and I am dyslexic, and I get numbers like backwards. Mm. I lose count sometimes. I like to, I try and like tally them up so I can like keep more accurate track but even then I'm trying to count and I'm just like all of us are trying to like double check our notes with each other to make sure that we have the right I mean even then it doesn't really matter if you're two pitches off it's a simulated game half the time you you know what though half the time I don't know why this is I'm just now realizing this I ask them or anybody asks them to like confirm how many pitches did you throw so I don't know why I'm stressing out so much did he throw 33 or 34 pitches in this simulated you ask them and they know exactly how many pitches they throw. Right. So I don't know why I stress myself out about it all the time. I don't like being wrong, I guess. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, you know, <laughs> because if someone, God forbid, finds that out, you won't hear the end of it. Exactly. Somebody on Twitter will be like, oh, it was 34 pitches, not 33. You're the worst. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I, 
spring training can be quite a grind. Uh, you have to, f- you can find some cool stories, especially because you've got like the non-roster guys who like, sometimes they're really cool. Sometimes they're really interesting to talk to. Uh, but it, it, you hit a lull at some point where like March Madness is happening. Sure. Basketball and hockey, the NFL draft sometimes. It depends how early in the year it is. But like you, you start to see you, you start to see like your page numbers decline, and it, it, because there's just so much other stuff going on that like fake games just don't matter. Yeah. And then the the excitement ramps back up around opening day and like let me tell you there's no energy like there is opening day like everyone's got a fighting chance it just the ballpark you walk in and it looks pristine and it's like it's so easy to like romanticize opening day and you absolutely should it's a great day you know like i remember when i was little my dad would um go to op- Giants opening day at Candlestick every year and then later on Pac Bell Park when it was called Pac Bell Park and he would go with all of his my dad's high school friends are still his best friends to this day and they still act like they're in high school when they get together and they're in their 70s <laughs> <laughs> so um my dad would <laughs> come home after all day with his buddies He's like loud, rambunctious, like probably still kind of drunk and he's acting like a kid and they'd turn on the highlights of the game for my brother and I and he would be like narrating it like, oh, this is where Bonds hit a home run. Like he hit a home run off this guy and look at it. It was a really great pitch. So excited like about the day that he had and for like the coming season because oh, there's just something about opening day that it's like just such an energy jolt and you get so excited about baseball all over again and like man, let's hope that opening day is opening day. Is, well, it's supposed to be when? March? It's supposed to be March this year. Yeah, the let's very hope end, that yeah. we're not having opening day in like June because it's just, a, there's there's so many layers to it. You know, like we're kind of starting to thaw out in certain parts of the country. It's the You get some sunshine, even though it might be kind of cold, you still get some sunshine and it's like, it gives you hope. It's like spring's coming, summer's coming. Yeah. It's going to be a great rest of the year. It, it, there's just so much hope on opening day. And it's not the same if that hope is in, if that day comes in like June. Or like, like July, why? like in 2020. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> Let's not do that again. <laughs> no. Yeah, I had a streak. I had a 10 year streak uh, of going to opening day. No, more than that. What am I talking about? It was, I think I had a 13 year streak snapped. And... Because I had my Sunday tickets at Yankee Stadium, at the old stadium, they gave us opening day also, which was a nice consolation. (laughs) And so I had opening day, the first year I had them, opening day, every Sunday game, Memorial Day, 4th of July, Old Timers Day. What was the fourth one? So it was a nice package. Loved being able to go to opening day every year. One year. Oh, after 9-11. So 2002. I, sh- I went because I was working, so I worked the morning, took the train up, met my parents and my brother. We were going to go to the game. I had my NBC work bag, and they wouldn't let me in with it because it was too big. And I'm like, I am not, what am I going to do with my bag? I can't do anything with it. So I had another purse with me, and I was able to put all the contents of my purse, even the big NBC bag, into the smaller Kate Spade bag because it was like a perfect square. 
My dad folded up the NBC bag, put it like in his pants and shirt and jacket. And then we walked into the stadium <laughs> with the bag, which was really bad. But I, I didn't have anything on me, you know, like I just had my work bag, you know, and I didn't even have a laptop. It wasn't like I had a laptop either. It was just a big bag. But that was the year that Yes started. And Cablevision wasn't carrying Yes because of the whole, there was a whole, because, you know, Yankees used to be on MSG. Dolan was pissed. It was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And aside from all the chanting, because it was an opening day, there were also Cablevision sucks chants for basically the whole game. And it was hilarious because I was living in Staten Island at the time and I had Time Warner, so I had Yes. And my brother and father were here in Rockland and pissed that they couldn't watch any Yankee stuff because they had Cablevision. So... That was a fun day. That was funny. And it was cool because it was the whole family. Like, even my mom came to opening day. You know, she wasn't really, she would sometimes go to. I've never been to a game with my mom, and I don't know that I want to. (laughs) Well, you know what's funny? My mother always jokes on. Sorry, Patty. I don't pay attention to things and blah, blah, blah. 2009, we go to a wedding in June, and the Yankees were three games behind the Red Sox at this point. And my friend Amy who grew up with me was a Yankees fan and her husband is a Red Sox fan from Rhode Island. So (laughs) we're in the receiving line. My mom starts heckling, not heckling, but she starts trash talking with the groom's father. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, the Red Sox are in first. And she goes, yeah, well, you guys can party in June. We'll party in October. And my brother and I were like, where the hell did she get that from? And she's like, I learned it from you guys. (laughs) So yeah, yeah oh, I, no, my I, mom thinks that they like score touchdowns in football or in baseball, so yeah. it, you know, hit home runs in basketball. Yeah, no, so my mom, she'll claim, oh no, I don't pay attention to that stuff. And then she'll start heckling people. And she loved Andy Pettit, <laughs> loved Andy Pettit. And I, I've told this many times on the show. He's the guy I saw the most when he was pitching for the Yankees. He was I saw him the most in the playoffs. There were two or three separate years that I saw him three times in each playoff. It was unbelievable. So sometimes if he had a rough start or he wasn't quite, we'd call my mom and be like, Ma, you got to rub his butt. Like he did. Cause she liked to rub his butt on the TV because she thought it was giving him good luck. And I'm like, did you do the thing? She's like, Oh no, no. She would turn the TV on. And when they showed him on the mound, she would, we're crazy okay my whole family is insane you all should know this but yeah it was uh <laughs> it's just really my, funny that I, she claims I to not know i sometimes <laughs> play a game with my mom called name any active athlete in any <laughs> professional sport just one one and she can't inevitably she'll say barry bonds <laughs> so in honor of the hall of fame week you know what I'll call my mom and I'll say, mom, name an athlete, like any professional athlete. She'll say Barry Bonds and I will accept that answer this week. (laughs) I will accept that answer this week. That's so funny. Um, So everyone who's listening and everyone who's watching, especially if you're in the Northeast, anywhere in the snow, in the bullseye for wherever the snow is going, please be careful. Make sure you go out tomorrow and do your pre-blizzard shopping. Um, I think we got all our pre-Blizzard shopping done. I think we made sure we had water and all that stuff and cat food. I did not. I yeah. did not. Yeah, you better, better do, do that. that. I know. I have to do that tomorrow before I go to the garden. I'm going to skip the morning skate because it's yeah. all the way up near you in Westchester. And I'm in Brooklyn. Yeah. That's... So it is a, I don't, I will not have time 
to go all the way to Tarrytown, come back here, grocery shop, and then get to the garden. So oh, yeah, I can get to Tarrytown from my house in fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's well, far. Yeah. <laughs> you so, go watch, see who's skating. Let me know. <laughs> yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will. I'll be and, like, I'm here for Abby. <laughs> yeah, and I will grocery shop. And prepare for times where I wonder why I left California. Yeah. (laughs) And prepare for either two inches or 20 inches because no one knows. Just like no one knows anything anymore. So that's (laughs) it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Abby and I would like to remind you that you can listen to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, the closer we get to a thousand, the better it is. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcasts Locked On Bets. Now make your second listen of the day Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend. And again, if you're in the eye of the storm, stay safe and we'll talk to you all next week.